as, so it says there in Philippians, unless you become conformable even unto death, this is necessary if you want to have the power of his resurrection, if you want to live in this place of intimacy where you might know him, if you want to apprehend that for which he has apprehended you, etc., etc. If you want to walk in the reality while in this body as one that has already been raised up. If you want to live in the reality that yes, you are seated at the Father's right hand. And this is where you function and speak and declare and decree from. Because you cannot operate from there while the devil still have a hook on you. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Alright. Says this stuff important. Is the sacrifice important? Now again, the sacrifice also answers every need that there is in the human race. Every need. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 16 to 20 um, says, For where there is a will, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. And if, and for a testament is a force or it is in force after men are dead. Otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Isn't the very sacrifice of Christ a declaration that the one who made the will died? But he also raised up, was raised up from the dead. So that people can't cheat when it comes to the inheritance. People do that all the time, you know. You go to court and they fight over the inheritance. If the guy could have come back and straighten things out. <laughs> right? I want this antique. This is mine. Here, put it. He rose up from the dead. Anyway, it says, Wherefore, neither the first testament was, with, was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and of the goats with the water and the scarlet wool and the hyssop, and he sprinkled both the words of the book and the people with the blood. You've been sprinkled by the blood, the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel, the blood of this, of the sprinkling of, the, of this covenant. This covenant that says, set the prisoners free, hallelujah. Now it says, saying, this is the blood of the testament which, had, which God had enjoined unto you. This is the blood that seals and ratifies the agreement which God has commanded me to deliver to you. This blood ties God to every aspect of it. It's so that it is impossible for him to lie. And that covenant covers everything that was lost in the fall. Everything that has to do with the human race. In fact, it even goes so far that it even covers nature. So that all, that's why all of creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. So that they too, they can come into that liberty. For, because they have been held in this vanity. Yet they have the hope. But their hope is us coming into our sonship. Are you with me? But the price has been paid. Everything and everyone including the loss. This covenant is in force. All the details of it are in force. That's the reason why we can stand in any promise and know with a certainty. It is yes and amen. In him. Not apart from him. In him. So this sacrifice, therefore, meets every need. I remember one time I was saying, Lord, this was some time ago, and I'm teaching, I mean, as I said, it's 40-something messages in the sacrifice. And I had this particular message that was coming up, and I kind of said, Lord, you know, could you, give me, could you give me like a direct scripture, a scripture that says clearly that the sacrifice answers everything 
meets every need. You know, I mean, like, give me a scripture. I mean, I know I understand this, but, but give me a scripture directly. And you know what, you know what the Lord gave me? You wouldn't guess. Oh, if those of you have heard it before, my guess. He gave me Philippians 4.19. And I thought, hey, I'm, talking, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for, for a sacrifice scripture regarding needs. Philippians 4.19. So, well, you know, God knows the Bible better than you. Did you find it out? <laughs> and it says, but my God shall supply how many? All of your needs. How? According to your ability, your works, the law. No, according to his riches. And by the way, Christ is, they say grace is the riches of God at Christ's expense. According to his riches in glory. How? 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 By Christ Jesus. By virtue of what Jesus has done. Because of the sacrifice. Can you see that? He supplies what? All of the needs. Now Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, Having made peace to the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all unto himself. Whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven. Old Testament peace simply means shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing. But New Testament peace includes that, but it's more. It is that by the sacrifice of Christ, by the blood of his cross, the cross again speaks about the sacrifice. By the blood of his cross, what has happened? What has the blood of the cross done? It's made peace. What does that look like? It's reconciled everything. Everything, all things unto himself. Whether they be visible or invisible. Whether they be in heaven or whether they be in earth. The blood of the sacrifice of Christ has purchased peace. And that peace is defined as everything reconciled to God's original intent and purpose. So that even those things appears to be against you. That are against you. You can look at them and you can say according to Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. All right, you trying to rebel against me, but let me talk to you for a minute. You listen to me, I'm talking to you, right? Don't move when I'm talking to you. Listen to me, <laughs> right? You are here to serve me. This too is for my sake. This might look like it's against me, but this too is for my sake. And this light affliction that is but for a moment, it's going to work a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. But here's a condition. While I look not at the things that are seen, but I look at the things that are not seen. It will work a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. So you see, because of that, this sacrifice meets every need. Romans 8 verse 32. But my God shall supply what? Oh. All of your needs. That's not Romans. That's Philippians 4.19. Come on. <laughs> Did you try trick? Who tricking who here? All right. Let's do it. Let's try it again. You guys not paying attention. <laughs> Put it on you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Romans chapter 8, 32. Let's try it again. <laughs> he that spared not his own son. Was that a sacrifice? He that spared not his own son. But what? Delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him? Freely give you what? All things. All things. Is that come, does that, did that come with the sacrifice? 
So all the sacrifice meets every need. Everything that Jesus finished in his debt is yours. All that Jesus now is in his resurrection is also yours. If he put an end to the voice of the devil, to the voice of the world, to the voice of people, to the voice of the law, and all those things that you are crucified to, then those things no longer have dominion over you. And if in his resurrection, whatever he was born again to himself, God made him heir of all things, you are joint heir. Amen? Everything that is his in resurrection belongs to you. And as he is right now, so are you in this world. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, you know, again, as I said, I'm at a place where I just see sacrifice everywhere. All over the place. I'm in a nice verse. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. Do you know the scripture? But does it not say there's no greater love than this, but that that man would lay down his life for his friends. So there's no greater, in other words, the sacrifice of Christ, the love of God is made manifest that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So love never fails. Love is the very expression of the sacrifice of Christ, the very manifestation of it. Therefore, the sacrifice never fails. Amen? Perfect sacrifice. Perfect results. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now turn with me to Isaiah 51. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And while you're turning there, because again, you're going to have to, the Holy Spirit will help you, and you've got to tr be trained to learn to see the sacrifice. And then when you see the sacrifice, then you start Plugging in the comprehension and the understanding or whatever revelation knowledge that you already add into it. And then God will show you more. Amen. And he that has, more will be given unto him. Not less. But you need to act on what you do have. <laughs> Amen. All right. And, and, and so I'm reminded, how about this verse of scripture? Like again, as I said, this is total victory through the sacrifice. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Right, that's not where you are. You should be in Isaiah 51. Romans chapter 8, verse 37 says, In all of these things we are what? More. More, more than what? Conquerors. Does that sound like victory? Yes. How? How come you're more than conquerors through him? You are more than conquerors. How true? Yes. Him that what? Loved us and gave himself for us. Is that sacrifice? So you're more than conquerors because of the sacrifice. Say because of the sacrifice. Amen. That's part of my assignment today. To so convince you that this is not only the foundation, but this is also the building material. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now Isaiah chapter 51. Um, Verse 1, it says, Hearken unto me, you that follow after righteousness, you that are pursuing functioning in this oneness with God, you, are that, you that are pursuing and endeavoring to be as those justified, just as if sin has never been, you that are pursuing the desire to operate in, in oneness and in authority of the name of Jesus, you that are desiring to, to get a hold of the rights and the privileges and the benefits of your salvation, do you that are pursuing righteousness... You that are seeking the Lord, look to what? Look to the rock. I wonder who the rock is. Jesus. Look to the rock. 
from whence you were hemmed out. In other words, look to the rock from which you were hemmed out and to the hole of the pit from whence you were digged. Now, here is the rock that you were hemmed out of. The rock that you came out of is Christ. The rock that you came out of, you were born, it, first, it says in 1 Peter 1 verse 3, that you were begotten again by the resurrection unto a living hope unto, and unto an inheritance that is incorruptible. You were born out of the sacrifice of Christ. By that one offering, he has perfected forever those that are sanctified. Hebrews 10 verse 14. So you came out of that rock. So it says, look, you want to get a hold of righteousness? You want to walk and pursue and possess and manifest righteousness? And you want to be proficient in righteousness? You, get a, you better consider. Get a hold. Look. Say look. Say look. Say look. Look at that rock for out of which you came out of. If you really are after righteousness, and God says, in Matthew, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, he says, look here. Don't be all concerned about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear. And, and, and don't pursue those things. That's what the Gentiles do. That's the world's way of doing it. To go after all these things. But look here. The Father knows you have need of those things. And he wants to take care of you all you need. Don't, don't be concerned about that. But here is what you are to do. You are to seek first. What? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And by the way. Romans chapter 14 verse 17 says, The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness. It is oneness with God. And it is peace. And it is joy in the Holy Ghost. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Those things he tells you don't even pray about. It's just going to happen by you learning to pursue righteousness. Well, for those of you that are pursuing and are after righteousness... Here is, here is a case, a little clue. Look to the rock from out of it you've been carved out. Now the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 13, Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness because he's a babe. Well, God don't want you to be unskilled. God don't want you to be a babe. God don't want you to be carnal. God don't want you to live like a mere man. God wants you to live. God wants you to be a mature son of God. He don't want you on milk. He wants you on the meat of righteousness. But that meat of righteousness, when you, when you dissect it in Hebrews 5 verse 13 and 14, God is saying, I want you to be skillful, say skillful, in functioning in righteousness and in that oneness. Amen? In fact, the very, you know, the, the testimony about my eyes, you know, that some of you, most of you probably know the story. But the testimony of my eyes came directly out of this issue of functioning with righteousness. I never asked God to heal my eyes. I wasn't even thinking about it. In fact, I really thought the glasses that I had, they were bifocals, I really thought I looked good in them. Seriously. You know what I mean? I look smart and all, and all the kind of stuff. I liked them. You know what I mean? I look, I had this nice studious look. I mean, it was, it was cool. But then what happened? <laughs> God took away that testimony and gave me another one. But what happened? One of the things I do, and I am not want to go through all of it, but let me just pick, pick on this one little verse. Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says, um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 10 says, And if Christ be in you, is Christ in you? Then the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit 
my spirit, your spirit is life because of righteousness, because of that oneness. But of course, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord your healer, lives inside of you. And he has all of his divine power. When God placed Jesus in there, he also placed all things. And so you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And so because I, that life is in my spirit, and others begin to declare that that life flows out of my spirit, that healing and wholeness flows out of my spirit into every joint, into every cell, into every organ, into every part of my being. Because I continually declare that and declared further, Romans 8 verse 2, that the law of that spirit that governs that life makes me free from the law of sin and death and sickness and disease. And because I did that every time I eat for a period of time, what, one day I woke up and bam, here it was, and before I realized it, all of a sudden now, I could read tiny, tiny print and stuff like that. I didn't ask God to do that. But I believe it happened because I was pursuing and I was functioning in that oneness. I was declaring that life. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 10, that when life, that life of Christ is revealed, and when it, uh, it is unveiled, what happened? It brings to light. It brings life. Say life. And immortality to light through the Gospel. That gospel is Christ in you. That gospel is the good news. That gospel is the sacrifice. What happens? Life and immortality comes to light. Glory to God. Right? And so what happened? Going back to Romans chapter 8 verse 10. It says then therefore that, um, that, that my spirit is light because of righteousness. Verse 10. And then verse 11 says, And if the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in me. Well, he dwells in me. Does he dwell in you? He will also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. In other words, then, the Holy Ghost lives here. I have all this divine healing power in my spirit. And when I put that fruit in my mouth, and I begin to declare it, you see, the word of faith is nigh thee. The word of the confidence and the sacrifice of Christ, it is near you. It's right here. Even in your mouth and in your heart. And with the mouth, with the heart you believe unto this oneness, unto this, unto the rights and the privileges. But with your mouth, confession connects it to you. Confession causes it to be made manifest. Why? Because God has ordained that this is how the program works. The Bible says in Titus 1 verse 3, God says that he will manifest his word through preaching. God says, I will manifest what my word says when you preach it, when you say it, when you declare it. So I'm declaring my spirit is pregnant with divine health. And the same spirit that raised up Christ in the dead is drawing that healing power out of my spirit. And is distributing it to every cell, every joint, every organ, every place within my body. And if there's anything that is rebellious against the truth that by his stripes I'm healed, it must bow in the name of Jesus. It has no choice because Christ, who I'm looking to as my Savior, I'm looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Everyone that looks it shall live. Even as that serpent was lifted up upon the pole and they were being bitten and even in the midst of all the turmoil and all the and whatever else was happening, it says in Numbers 21 and verse 8, everyone that looketh and keeps on looking irregardless of what's happening around him, irregardless of who's screaming over there because they just lost their child, irregardless of who said who was believing God but they died. If you keep on looking 
everyone that looketh shall live. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him and drew the cross, despising the shame. Consider him, lest you faint in your heart. And if you faint, you do not reap. But if you be, do not be weary, and you keep on believing, and you keep on standing firm, steadfast in the confidence in the sacrifice, not wavering, not moving, through faith and that, and that steadfastness, you will inherit the promises. So it says, look to Abraham, look to the rock out of which you've been carved out. Look to that sacrifice. Look to the cross. Look to Jesus. The Bible says in James 1 verse 25, and I'm just, anyway, I'm just paraphrasing. Christ in you is the perfect law of liberty. And when you keep on looking, looking, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer, acting on what you see, acting on that image, acting on looking, on to, looking into, the, into, the, into the mirror of the word of God, and seeing Christ who is in you, you are changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. And then it goes and it says in James 1.25 that this perfect law of liberty, everyone that looketh and continueth therein shall be blessed in all his deeds. Are you with me? Say looking on to Jesus. The faithful man the man that is full of the confidence in the sacrifice of Christ shall be what? Blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Righteousness comes out of the sacrifice. Philippians 3, we were saying when Paul says that I might be found in him, not having my own righteousness which is of the law, but the righteousness which is by faith in him. And then he says, and, and, and then he says that, that, I, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable even unto his death. And he says that our righteousness is connected up. It comes out of the sacrifice. For therein, um, Romans 1, 16 and 17, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news of the sacrifice. Because it is the power of God, the ability to bring forth change, to bring forth deliverance, to bring forth healing to everyone that would mix it with faith, that would believe. The just shall live by faith. For therein is that righteousness of God revealed. Righteousness is awesome. Oneness with God is awesome. It is so awesome. It says in Proverbs 11 verse 2, Proverbs 10 verse 4, that righteousness delivers from death. Now if it's going to deliver from death, then sickness, you know what sickness and disease is? It's only de it's death in slow motion. That's what it is. But if it's going to deliver from death, it delivers from sickness and disease. First Peter 2 24, I know we quote the last part, by whose stripes we are healed, and that's awesome. But the, 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 the verse actually starts by saying, being dead to sins, that you might what? Live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Live unto righteousness and oh, this healing just comes with it. So don't even bother, just live unto righteousness. Live in that place of oneness. Live in that authority. 
And if you're going to live in authority, you see, you're going to have to do some speaking. Because faith has to have a voice. Faith calls things. Faith doesn't just sit idly by. Faith takes it by force. Faith has to have a voice. God says, I've ordained that I'm going to give you the experience of my word. If you take that word, put it in your mouth and say it. The word is near you. The righteousness, which is of faith, speaks. The Bible says, Abraham faith. Romans 4 verse, 4 verse 5, 4 verse 9, and I think 4 verse 11. That the righteous, that, um, that Abraham's faith was counted for righteousness. God says, because you have confidence in this sacrifice. And by the way, it does say in Galatians 3 and I think verse 8 or 9, that the gospel was preached to Abraham. Amen? Right? But we got to make sure we make the gospel with what? Faith. Lest we die in the wilderness. You got to make sure you mix confidence in the sacrifice of Christ with action. Put it in your mouth. Abound in thanksgiving. Abound in praise. Obey the Holy Ghost, whatever he tells you to do. Amen? He might tell you, sell everything you have and give it to the church. TLMH. <laughs> whatever he tells you to do, do. <laughs> Joke. <laughs> but if you hear, you better obey. <laughs> but what am I saying? Abraham, um, the Bible says, look to Abraham. Abraham believed right. He believed the way and was thinking the way God spoke. And he spoke accordingly. And then what happened? He received his miracle. God says this is how it works. You've got to put it in your mouth. It is the declaration of the cross that is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 It didn't say the cross is the power of God unto salvation. It says it's the preaching of the cross. You've got to say, say I've got to say so righteousness is absolutely awesome. It comes out of the sacrifice. God wants you to be proficient in it. God wants you to be established in righteousness. Isaiah 54 verse 14. Established in that oneness. Why? So that you could be far from oppression. Whether it be financial oppression, mental, physical, sickness. That you might be far from oppression because you shall not fear. And from torment it will not come even near you. Why? Because of being established in righteousness. And as the Holy Ghost, he says, I'll teach you. As my children, I'll teach you. And great shall be your peace. My, your righteousness is of me. This righteousness is so great that, that, that it, God says, look, it's these people that I've called out, that I've chosen from the foundation of the world, that are going to be one with me, that are going to live in this oneness. It is unto them that I've put in subjection the words to come. And it is to them that I have put all, put all, all the works of my hands under them. Man, there's such an eternal redemption and inheritance that we have. This stuff is awesome. Amen? It is absolutely awesome. And what do we do in communion? We are celebrating that oneness. We are celebrating that we are partakers of the body and of the blood of Christ. And we need to come to the end of this session here. Hallelujah. 
Father, we give you praise, glory, thanksgiving, and honor. In the name of Jesus, amen.